It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome to Batflips and Nerds Season Preview Podcast, the baseball podcast with a British twist. You can find us on at Batflips underscore nerds on Twitter and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Batflips and Nerds. I'm your host, Tom Pringle. As you may have heard in our previous episodes, there are plenty of other podcasts out there that are already producing their season previews and they'll probably have a more in-depth and with much more analysis. Here at Batflips and Nerds, we try to decide to do something a little bit different, inviting British fans of teams to come onto the podcast and talk about their team. All with a British twist. We have no clever running order for this. It's literally who's available at the time. So without further delay, joining me this time to talk all about the wonderful New York Yankees is Mark Blakemore. How are you, Mark? I'm fine, thanks, Tom. Excellent. Um, well, just, let's just start off. I mean, how does it feel to start a season knowing that the Red Sox are going to win the World Series? Yeah, right. You might. Let's face it, you've got a good side. Um, and I reckon you've probably got the best chance of winning the AL East. I'll be frank with you. Um, as to whether you're going to win the World Series, <sighs> I can't bring myself to that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> so let, let's let's hang our hats right now. Who do you think is going to go all the way? I can't see past the Cubs at the moment. No, I, I kind of got to agree. Yeah, I think um, they've had a, they've had a bit of drop in the bullpen and maybe the rotation, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I, I can actually see much of the same from last season. Um, I could see Cleveland Red Sox in the ALCS and maybe the Dodgers and the Cubs in the NLCS. Yeah, seems to make sense. Seems to be the sort of Bucky's choice as well. I think the Astros are almost like, I know they're quite high in the odds, but they're almost like an outsider favourite as well. Yeah, they've got a good side. I mean, the AL's wide open. I think if you can get to the, if you can just make it to the playoffs in the AL, you've got as good a chance as anybody else if you hit the form at the right time. Yeah, got to agree with that. Um, cool then. So, as we mentioned before, you're a Yankees fan. So, what made you pick the Yankees as your team? Mm. Um, I first came across the Yankees in 1985. Um, I was in America working at a camp over there and just met a few guys who were Yankees fans. And we went to a game in August at Yankee Stadium, Yankees versus Red Sox. So, not a bad game to pick the first one to go to. Mm. Um, really good game it was 4-3 going to the bottom of the ninth. Yankees tied up in the bottom of the ninth, and then the bottom of the 10th won on a bases loaded walk and the Red Sox weren't happy um, they sort of uh, sort of crowded the umpire at the end and I'm going to go at him um, for, for calling this walk 
Um, and I was just hooked. I think, obviously, going with Yankees fans, sitting in the bleachers, hearing all the stories about, and this is where Babe Ruth hit the longest home run in Yankee Stadium, yeah. and then just read tons and tons of books while I was over there that summer just about baseball, um, and just was hooked after that. Of course, after 85, there wasn't the kind of the the, the internet you get now. So actually hearing yeah. about the game was a lot more difficult. Um, and it was only after the, really with the internet in about 96, 97, that I, I could really follow it with any kind of real, you know, day-to-day interest. Mm. So um, what were you doing then? Were you, I mean, how long were you out in America for? Did you say it was just the summer of 85? Yeah, I was out there for two consecutive summers, 85 and 86, working at uh, a camp in um, on the Pennsylvania-New York border. Oh, okay. Was that like a... Um, uh, I think my brother-in-law did something that sounds fairly similar, where you're just helping underprivileged kids and stuff and getting involved in sports, etc. It, it was with sports. This actually wasn't with underprivileged kids. These were actually some of the seriously rich kids. Um, I think... <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was, it was that kind of camp. They had to pay... They paid thousands of dollars to go there. Um, and I, I was just a counsellor, nominally because I was English and teaching football. Not because I was particularly good at football, um, but because I was English, I must know all about it. So. so you spent your summer over there, and as you say, you came back then. And how how did you end up keeping track of the Yankees? It was difficult. Uh, I'll be honest with you. It was just kind of getting snatches of what you could read in papers. Um, it, it was difficult, really. And also, I think the, the, the sport went through a lull. Obviously, with the strike in '94, etc. It really only got reignited again, I, I think, with the summer of 98, with the home run chase between um, Sosa and Maguire, and, and obviously yeah. that, that Yankee side of that, that year that won, I don't know, 116 games, was it? It, it was a crazy amount of games, um, and were just the best side by a, by a street. Um, yeah. And so that kind of reignited the, reignited the interest again. Coming towards the modern day then, how do you watch your baseball now then? MLB TV, probably like everybody else who you're going to ask that question to. Yeah, um, it has been pretty much 100%. Yeah, um, it's, it's a great app. It's well worth the money, and it's just I just watch that whenever I can. I watch any game that's on. Um, I, I like the Yankees, but I'm just a fan of the game more than anything. So if there's a good matchup on, I may very well watch that over the, over the Yankees game sometimes. Yeah, I've been quite surprised, actually. Some people have said, no, I'll only watch my team and that's it. And really, the amount of day games that go on, um, there aren't that many. So I'm surprised that folk do that because they just don't get to watch much baseball during the season. Um, Do you you just use iPad, laptop, or do you use a console or anything like that? iPad, iPhone sometimes really depends what I can get to in the house to watch it and when I'm allowed to. Um, Very rarely, actually, on the TV itself, as I get kicked off by my five-year-old daughter or by my wife, um, so it's mainly me in a corner of a room so with my iPad and my earphones yeah yeah I'm very similar with that so um, we were just discussing actually beforehand of who puts the children to bed um, and the fact that my daughter goes to bed it's just about quarter past seven usually around seven o'clock quarter past seven mm. and then I'm, I'm literally running downstairs headphones on iPad on my lap just watching any baseball I can get yep that sounds extraordinarily similar <laughs> so this this should be fairly straightforward. What happened last season with the Yankees? Ooh, lots. Um, I mean, I, and I, did, I wrote an article about this um, for your website as well. Yeah, so yeah. essentially, the Yankees were going to meandering along um, around about five hundred, and 
most Yankees fans were clamouring for the front office to do something about the team because we weren't going to go anywhere and we needed youth. And thankfully, the team got the message. And so there was a major clear out um, before the trade deadline. Um, so, you know, Avaldis Chapman went to the Cubs. Andrew Miller went to the Indians. That kind of worked out well for both of those sides. Um Carlos Beltran went to Texas and we got in return for all these guys, you know, a whole load of rookies to flood the farm system. So we went from having a farm system that was uh, pretty meh to something that's actually top three, top five very easily now. Um, Tashira announced he was retiring. Um, A-Rod was retired. Um, And so overnight, the kind of the average age of the team, you know, came came crashing down and mm. you know in came players like Gary Sanchez like Aaron Judge and it was just like an infusion of youth almost, almost overnight it was all, always in the space of a whole month that all these events happened and the team actually became very interesting um, and I think after the trade deadline I think we went 36 and 31 um, always on the fringe of the playoffs but never quite getting there but it was actually only in the last week that we were uh, mathematically excluded from it. Mm. Yeah, um, just talking about that moment, yeah, the fact that the Yankees just kept in it, and do you know what? It made it a very, very exciting AL East. Um, obviously not for me so much as a Red Sox fan, desperate to try and cling on to a lead and then lose the lead and then get back into the lead. But yeah, I think it was it was quite refreshing, and um, you mentioned about the fact that the youth came in and dropped the age down. Um, I don't know if you've had a chance to read the BP Annual yet, but the, the article there that leads for the Yankees talks about a huge culture change. The fact that there's music playing in the dressing room, people feel more relaxed. You haven't got A-Rod and Teixeira sort of marching round. Sorry, A-Rod and Beltran, wasn't it, marching round and dominating the room and everyone sort of respects them, which, you know, as a veteran you should do. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> and then you mentioned about the, the... I think the key word for this season was the rebuild. Um, I don't think the Yankees want to call it a rebuild and the way they've done it is absolutely fantastic as you said the farm system went from what was ranked at 13 last season it's now according to Keith Law the second best farm system I mean some of the trades they've made is just incredible um, to get in these prospects so uh, what what are your thoughts for this season then going forwards actually it's interesting you mentioned that the article in BP annual because one thing they they said in there and I wanted to run this past you actually was it said you know, are the Yankees actually more likable now? So do, do you find that, Tom? Do you find the Yankees more likable? Um, I wrote about this a while ago and the fact that I find it quite difficult to to really feel that rivalry. Not living in the States, not living in Boston, not living in New York. I think it's quite... I mean, we do a bit of ribbing on Twitter and, and we've had a bit of a ribbing before we, <laughs> we came on to talk about the podcast. But I just don't feel like, you know, I don't... I don't particularly hate the Yankees. I think it's very difficult to say that as somebody who lives in the UK and just hasn't experienced that rivalry. Mm. I mean, do you do you hate the Red Sox? No, I don't. I, I don't hate any team, to be honest. Um, right. And I, I don't feel that in any sport, not hating the other side. I just like the kind of friendly rivalry, really. Um, mm. I, I've i been to Fenway. I love Fenway as a park, as a, yeah. as a stadium. It's fantastic. Um, and I... If I'm playing fantasy baseball, which I do quite a lot, I will pick Boston players. Um, yeah. You know, my idea of a perfect day is for Dustin Pedroia to go three for four, hit a home run, hit three RBIs, and the Red Sox lose. You know, that's, that's yeah. perfect. <laughs> yeah. 
No, I like that. That's fine, yeah, because you, you've got your interest. But I know there are going to be some people out there that will absolutely flat down refuse to pick Boston players or, you know, Boston well, Yankees pick- players. I know many refuse to pick Yankees players for the same reason. I think in uh, 2015, A-Rod came back, didn't he? Yeah, it was 15 he came back. And um, he went undrafted in our league. And he hit about, I don't know what it was, he did a start where it was something like 10 home runs very early on. And everyone just left him alone. They're like, oh, I'm not touching him. He's just come back from a drugs ban. It's like, who cares? Like, he snatched him up straight away and then and just he, kept him for the whole season. He, he was brilliant. He hit 32 in the end, didn't he, as well? Yeah, he was brilliant. Yeah. Um, so, where were we? Uh, yeah, so what, what were your thoughts of this season then? We've done this rebuild. Um, and if you look at the division, the Red Sox are the strongest side. I still like Toronto. I think um, okay, they've lost Encarnacion. I do like their pitching. Um, but the Red Sox pitching is possibly the, by far and the best in maybe the whole of the AL. So we are not likely to win the division and give ourselves a chance of no more than 10%. Um, we've had a winning season for about 22, 23 seasons now. Um, yeah, that's something I picked up actually. 1992 is your last sub 500 year. Yeah, and, and that's despite the fact that in many of the most recent years, our Pythagorean record. Uh, has, has been well below what we've actually achieved. And I yeah. think that's partially due to the fact that Girardi's a little bit of an underrated manager. Some may mm. say he meddles a bit with the bullpen, but actually probably 80% of managers get accused of that. Yeah, so definitely. I, I can see us hitting 500 with, with a standard deviation around that of plus or minus three games. Um, yeah, I mean... So Pacote, anywhere between Pacote's 78 80. and 84. Hmm. Yeah, Pakota's got you an 82 and 80. Um, I'm just having a quick look at the uh, Pakota page itself now. And I think it's probably, yeah, it's sort of, uh, your fall down is going to be pitching, um, yeah. which I'm sure you're well aware. Beyond beyond Tanaka, it sort of dips. Um, it does. I mean, you've got after that, you've got Pineda, who's can look great, but then has one bad inning and is just, you know, so maddenly inconsistent. Sabathia yeah. is no more than a decent number four now. After that, you're, you're scratching your head. You know, the, those two, the last two jobs are, are up for grabs. I think they'll give mm. them to Severino and Sessa. Yeah, it makes uh, sense. They've got too much invested in Severino to leave him in the bullpen, albeit he did really well, that, really well out of the, out of the bullpen last year. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on the whole Batances palaver as well? I thought it was atrociously handled by mm. the Yankees' front office. Yeah. I, I for Andy Levine to come out after the event and publicly effectively dismiss Betances in, in the way he did and all these references to maybe like like liking him liking to an astronaut just ridiculous. I, I know of no business that practices their human relations in a way that tries to publicly denigrate their employees and thinks that's a way of incentivizing them to better performance. I run a business, and if I did that, I would soon not have a business. So I thought it was atrociously handled. It's just bizarre, isn't it? The way it all happened, and it just seemed to be released. There was there was no sort of build-up to it. There was no annoyance about Batances putting that kind of um, request in. It just suddenly got released, and everyone just look dumbfounded at each other, thinking, where's this come from? I think they could have said those things within the tribunal, but saying them outside of it, why? And in the end, there was a difference of £2 million, which from the Yankees' payroll is not great. <laughs> and all that's going to happen now is Batansis is going to walk, and I don't blame him, 
in one sense, after after his when his free agency comes up in, I think it's 2020. Okay. Um, right, just a good point of bringing the future up, because I think realistically, if we if we answer this in one word, so last season was rebuild, this season is stopgap. So let's look at 2018, because that's probably more important for the Yankees. Um, the future salary that's currently on the books is $103 million. Um, bearing in mind that their payroll for this year is $195 million, so that's a significant drop. Mm-hmm. So I've decided to have a look at your lineup and then have a look at the free agents available in 18. So, are you ready for a game? Go on. Right. So, first position then. Let's talk about catcher. Do you want to swap your catcher? Do you know what? No. No. So we'll go with that. First baseman. Do you want to swap your first baseman? Well, it's to be determined because our first baseman this year will be probably a platoon between Greg Bird and Chris Carter. Chris Carter's only a one-year stopgap. I... Yeah. No, I'll, I'll stick with Greg Bird at the moment. I'm quite quietly hopeful. Okay, so Greg Bird. You've also got Tyler Austin backing up, who had quite a good finish to his season. Um, he was a bit swing happy, but he was smashing a few home runs in, which is good to see. Yeah. Um, okay, second base. Do you want to swap your second baseman? Bear in mind, Starling Castro. Obviously. I know, I know who he is. Uh, yeah, uh, Starling. I think the jury's still out on Castro. Um, so for me, it would depend on. Who is out there? I could see that that might be one where we might look at making a change. Okay, let me give you the top name that I could find. DJ Lee Mayhew, are you interested? Hits one in Colorado. Not sure he'll do much outside of it. He was almost the NLMVP. He was fantastic. Yeah, he won the batting title, didn't he? Um, Good contact hitter, not much power. I don't know. No, I think I'd still take Castro over Lee Mayhew. Okay, okay, that's interesting. Um, so let's put a question mark there. Uh, shortstop, you interested in getting rid of Didi? No, I, I think Didi's quietly one of the better shortstops out there, actually. And, and Can you drop there? There are a good lot of there's a good lot of shortstop shortstops. Um, but I, I quite like Didi. Um, he, he's good in the field. He had 20 home runs last year, which came out of nowhere. Mm. So at the yeah. moment, I'm quietly hopeful we'll keep him. Yeah, I like Didi as well. I think he's good. So at the minute, we've got, what, Gary Sanchez at catcher, Greg Bird slash Tyler Austin at first, um, Stalin Castro, maybe LeMahieu at second, shortstop is Didi DeGorius. Okay, so third base, are you interested in keeping Chase Headley? No. No. So the people that are out there, I don't know if you know this, are Manny Machado and Josh Donaldson. Yeah, well, that's a definite improvement. Um... (laughs) If it was just those two, I'd take Manny Machado. However, mm. one of the players we got from the Cubs in exchange for Honest Chapman was Gleyber Torres, who mm-hmm. is raking it everywhere he goes at the moment, was MVP in the Arizona Fall League. He's only 19. I don't think he'll appear much this year. He may get a kind of September cup of coffee. I, If he continues his progression, I think the Yankees will go with him and spend their dollars elsewhere. Other than if it doesn't work out with Torres, or Torres could even then move slop over to second um, and take over from Castro there. That's always a possibility. Um, But out of the two you mentioned, just for age-wise, I'd probably take Machado. Yeah, I've got to agree with you there. I I didn't realise Josh Donaldson was up as well, so that could be interesting. Um, Okay, who have we got in left field? Brett Gardner. 
Yeah, I mean, the jury's out as to whether Gardner will see out the season with the Yankees. Um, Cashman desperately tried to sort of offer him out there as trade bait, and nobody's bitten so far. So I, I don't think... I mean, Gardner's contract ends 2019, so he'll be free agent at the end of 2018. I can't see us keeping him. No. Um, I did have a look. There's not a huge amount out there for you, which is a bit of a shame. So you might have to start looking at um, prospect side of things. But I, I think, again, this is where the kind of the, the trades that we made, watch out for a guy called Clint Frazier. Mm. I think he, 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 he could be up at some stage this year, certainly by 2018. Mm. Uh, okay, centre field. So who have we got there at the minute? Jacoby Ellsbury. Yeah. Um, ideally, ideally, we'd uh, shift on the contract because he's not worth $21.4 million. Um, but no one's going to take that contract. He no. is one where, regrettably, I think we're stuck with that. Unless I think they... it's a case of DFA and waving. <sighs> it's possible. It, it depends. It, he's still got... He's still got something left in the tank. Um, mm. But his, his his performance each year is declining. Yeah. Um, even to the stage where, in some of the big games, he's not an automatic... Uh, first choice. I think it was a wild card game last year against Houston where Girardi left him out of the lineup. Um, that's a difficult one. It's just, it's just an albatross contract. Unfortunately, the Yankees are getting rid of these over time. Sabathias falls off this year, as does um, A-Rods. Tanaka's yeah. got a player option at the end of this year. Be interesting to see what he does. Um, Ellsby. I do Your option that there. Charlie Blackman and Adam Jones I rate Adam Jones but I can't see him ever leaving Baltimore mm. I think well, his contract's up and if he gets paid the right amount yeah I, I think he's one player the Orioles have to keep well what, what we could do is shift your right fielder over Aaron Judge because another chap called Bryce Harper if you've heard of him is available yeah um and I and Harper's a Yankees fan as well, by all accounts. It, it's a natural yeah. fit, you know. He's got the left. He, he's a lefty, and in Yankee Stadium, most lefties do quite well. It, it is a natural fit. Um, I'm not sure that Judge has the athleticism to play centre field. Mm. I think he's got he to be a core. He's, he's, oh, he's huge. I went. To, I went to see the Yankees play in Seattle last year. Yeah, and. It's a, I was actually in the outfield. It's amazing how large the guy is. He's like a tight end playing baseball. Six seven or something. He's huge. Six eight. Yeah. Did you see that home run he hit the other day? Yeah, but it just mental again. Absolutely. He smashed one out of this, the spring training stadium last time, didn't he? Yes. Now he, he's not proved he can do it yet. He struggled when he was called up last year. Mm. Um, I think he'll win the right field job. I think the Yankees want him to win the right field job. Yeah, but yeah, if, if Harper comes up, Harper versus Judge is only one winner. So yeah, exactly. I, I can see the situation whereby the Yankees do spend their dollars on Harper. However, Harper's going to cost a lot of dollars. But it's probably only well, the Yankees and one of the team that could afford him, really. Yeah, and there's a, there's a mention today, and I didn't really think about this, but it seems like the the end of the long contract. Uh, sorry, the long contract seems to be coming to an end. Um, I mean, there's probably only the Yankees, Dodgers, maybe the Red Sox at a push who can still do this. Give like you know the seven to ten year deals. Do you think the long deals are dead, or do you think the Yankees are the sort of team that would do it to get people like Harper? I think that they're definitely dying these deals, and quite rightly so. 
teams would would rather do like what Cleveland did with Encarnacion, maybe pay more on an AAV basis and the annual value, but only make the contract over a reasonable length of time. So I think they gave Encarnacion three years. That's reasonable, um, to yeah. be honest. And but they're paying him twenty five, thirty million a year to do that. Yeah. And now Harper Harper's going to come up at what age? Twenty five. Yeah. So you could see a seven, eight year, eight year deal then. Harper will probably push for ten. Now the yeah. I hope the Yankees don't do it. I hope they can try and negotiate him down from that. But at the end of the day, somebody might pay him. Somebody might pay him that. So I mean, your your 2018 lineup could be pretty formidable. Um, if some of those people mentioned end up coming across the Yankees, um, we'll, we'll rattle through the pitchers because there's there's a huge amount. But Matt Harvey's the big one um, that's coming up in 2018. Another Yankees um, fan. Yep, yeah, you got Kershaw. He's actually got an opt out, but he would lose two at 65 million. I'm sure he'd get that, but I can't see him leaving the Dodgers. I can't um, see him leaving the Dodgers now. David Price has an opt out, but I'm pretty confident if his performance continues the way it was last season, he's not going to opt out of four years and 127 million. Agreed. Um, Relief pitcher side, you've got Cody Allen, Carter Caps, uh, you've got Familia, um, Trevor Rosenthal and Zach Britton all coming up as well. So this is, there's some serious names that could end up going to that Yankees team that's already, as we've mentioned earlier, um, it's got the number two farm system, it's got the cash. 2018 could be a serious year for the Yankees. It could be. I, I think the gap in all of those things is, is pitching though. I think we've got position players either through what we have right now or in the system or maybe trading for one or two, or big, or big one like Harper. It, it's the pitching that at the moment we're, we're lacking in that, or depth in the farm system in pitching isn't as good. Or yeah. we, we did get a couple of, of decent ones. Dylan Tate's a bit of a sleeper. We've got James Caprillion coming through. And just to Sheffield, we got from the Cleveland Indians as well in that trade. So, But the, the, it's not the same degree of confidence I have on the pitching side that I have on the, on the uh, positional players. Mm. I think with um, with your farm system there, you could patch that up. You could arrange trades and get those sorted. I wouldn't be surprised if the Yankees started to make moves at the end of this season um, to start thinking about 18. Yes, and especially so if Tanaka does opt out. Yeah, exactly. Um, right, and we'll quickly rattle through the other questions that we've got then. So um, who's an outside player who's not being recognised for his talents then on the Yankees? Um, I've got two here, I think. There's a guy called Brian Mitchell who who was sidelined pretty early last season. Um, mm. I like him. Um, I think he could do a job. He could get the fifth job in the rotation. Failing that, I think he'll be in the bullpen. Um, him and Clint Frazier. Um, I really rate Clint Frazier. He'll he'll come up at some point and and could take the job from Brett Gardner. Oh, okay, so he's expected this season then. I think he'll make it this season. Um, at some stage, I mean, injury's going to happen. So yeah. I, I can see if he starts raking in, in, I think he's going to AAA. If he starts raking in AAA and then we get an injury, I think I'll get a call up at some point. Okay. Uh, what's your one bold or wild prediction for this season? Now, is this Yankees related or baseball related? You can do whatever you want. Okay. Um, baseball related, Atlanta to make the playoffs. That's a um, good joke. MVP, Starling Marte. He's, yeah. he's, a, he's a great player. Um I haven't really got anyone for the Yankees, to be honest. No, no I haven't really got any for the Yankees. No, I can't uh, think of any wild prediction for the Yankees. Uh, finishing bottom of the Air East? No, the Rays will do that, but thanks also. <laughs> uh, okay then, so uh, let's go on to the silly ones. Who's going to get the kebab after a night out? Well, judging by the way he showed up for 
pre-season, Michael Pineda put on a couple of pounds. Who was so, that? Sorry, you broke up then. Michael Pineda. Oh. He showed up to uh, to camp, put a few pounds around the tummy. Now, being a Red Sox fan, you would know about players showing up slightly overweight. I don't know what you mean. Back to last There's season. no mention of it whatsoever. I, just just have a supply of belts on hand. That's all I can say. <laughs> uh, I did watch one of his at bats tonight. Uh, it's Sunday evening. We're recording this, and I watched one of his at bats tonight. And uh, so it would have been last night, actually. Um, and he he looked okay, not brilliant, but he he does look better than he has definitely. Um, yeah. So who who claimed not to have any cash then during the taxi ride home? Uh, well, certainly Randy Levine. Um, yeah. Judging by the way he kind he, he sort of fights so hard to. Uh, uh, to deny Dylan Batances and then trashes him afterwards. Other than that, it's somebody of morally dubious character. Let's say somebody who finds their girlfriend decides to shoot a gun in their presence um, and who's a bit of a, a vile human being. So let's say a Lawless Chapman. Oh, that's excellent. I didn't even think about that, you know. I was thinking more like someone... When you started saying that, I thought you meant like Pinedo with his pine tar all over his neck. But no, you went extreme. <laughs> that was good. No, that thing with Pinedo was just being a bit daft, actually. It was a bit that silly. Was... Everyone does it, don't they? Um, yeah, obviously... Everyone does it, but please don't make it so obvious that you put great yeah. big globs of the stuff on your neck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ryan, who's staying in to watch the Great Risk Bake Off instead of going out for that pint? I think given that he's now on the wagon and he's also probably no stranger to a cake himself, it would have to be CC. Yeah, yeah. He's he's definitely, he's already got his pipe in mind, what he wants to buy. He's already got his slippers. He's sorted, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, right, who's the uh, Alan Partridge nutter who's going to drive uh, barefoot to Dundee? I'm not sure why any Yankees player, or in fact any baseball player, will want to drive to Dundee, let alone drive naked, uh, drive naked, drive barefoot to Dundee. Um, so this is going to be somebody who's a little bit quirky, a little bit off the wall. And I'll go back to my friend Clint Frazier. Um, anybody who's got the the guts to trust, ask a model out on a date once he makes it up to New York in the big leagues, has got to be a, a little bit of something about him. And like you say. The character of the Yankees clubhouse is changing. I think players like Frazier were doing that. So let's go with Clint Frazier. Yeah, I like that. I probably would have gone with Tanaka, just that sort of gentle, soft-spoken guy who then just flips and goes for it. Oh, in fact, you know what? Just, his, his name's just coming in front of me, Patances. He's just going to go mad now. That's it. He's going to go crazy. <laughs> he could do um, <laughs> Right then, so... Uh, what um, have you got any recommendations for Twitter accounts or blogs or beat writers that you enjoy following that others, not necessarily just Yankees fans, would um, would enjoy their tweets as well? In some ways, it's the usual crowd. I guess I, I follow people like Fangraphs, uh, Baseball Protect, Baseball Prospectus, Beyond the Box scores also very good. Um, they, they go quite in depth if you, if you read their articles, but often they're very very good and quite perceptive. Um, other writers, people like Stacey Gotsoulias is quite good. I enjoy what she writes, and she's also a Yankees fan. Um, and uh, Sully Baseball, if you, if you follow uh, him, he happens to be a Red Sox fan as well. I met him in London last year. Really, really nice guy. Uh, I've recorded a podcast with him as well. So and that, that's always a, a good listen. Excellent. Um, yeah, I have to agree with Stacey as well. Um, I've read quite a bit of her work um, in more recent months. And um, even though she's a Yankees fan, um, she's obviously very good at writing and everything. And thankfully, it's not two Yankees, which is nice. I was going to say, um, even though she's a Yankees fan, there's always <laughs> some kind of, 
you know, natural disadvantage in life, you know. I, I, do, I do find this nowadays, actually. People people can't stand the Yankees, and you almost have to be embarrassed to say, oh, my name's Mark Blayton, and I'm a Yankees fan. Um, <laughs> you know, because there's so many Red Sox fans out there now. Everyone you meet happens to be a Red Sox fan. Why is that? You can't find okay. any Yankee or not many Yankees fans in the UK because everyone hates the Yankees now. But why? Um, when do you think that will change, or do you think it will ever change? In some ways, I don't think it will. The um, yeah, the, the Yankees front office have changed a little bit. They have, you know, embraced the fact that this old-fashioned model of just getting as many expensive free agents you can and, and hope and, and thinking that will get you a world championship and realise that doesn't work. You know, recent experience with the Cubs and Moors have proven that. Mm. Um, but at the same time, the Yankees will always have that mystique, that awe, the fact that they've won more championships than everybody else and the yeah. fact that they are still one of the richest sides out there. And so, in 2018, 2019, they will be able to go out and say, Mr. Harper, thank you very much. Here's $400 million. Yes, they can do that. And that will create an envy. And I understand that. I do get it. And some of the things the Yankees do, like the kind of the no facial hair stuff, it's just ridiculous. What's always interesting is when players leave the Yankees, they become like the anti-Yankee. And they, they grow the most outrageous beard they can. Look at Chubb Chamberlain. Look at Andrew Miller. You know, he yeah. leaves us a clean-shaven, clean-shaven guy. Two weeks later, he's like a Yeti. You know, why is that? They kind of just go <laughs> rebel against it completely and grow the most outrageous beard. Do you just know? Just to sort of spite, um, despite the Yankees. I've I've been in the military now over twelve years, and the day I leave, I cannot wait to start growing a beard. It is if you've been told you can't do it, you are desperate to do it as soon as you get the opportunity. So I one hundred percent sympathise with those chaps that grow a beard immediately after leaving the Yankees. Yeah. Um, there are many other things we're not allowed to do in the military, and I also can't wait to do those. But I'm not going to talk about them on the podcast. Okay, yeah, but uh, the Yankees policies are faintly ridiculous in that area. Yes, they are. It's a bit silly. So I, I do get why people dislike the Yankees. I just wish there were some more Yankees fans out there and. Um, because there seems to be far too many Red Sox fans out there for my liking now. <laughs> is it because we're Red Sox fans, or is it just because there's lots of us? So many of you. I mean, now on your own podcast, you've got two or three. Um, the guy called Paul Denyer in Cumbria, um, I follow as well, and he's another Red Sox fan. Um, he actually said something nice to me about me the other day. So I've won a couple of fancy leagues that he's in. And he sort of said, yeah. don't let Mark, don't let Mark Blake want his fancy league. I want to win it. And I said, oh, that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. And he tweeted <laughs> back and said, yeah, because you're a Yankees fan, that's the nicest thing I'll ever say about you. <laughs> you actually sound genuinely hurt about this. Do you not like it then? No, no I don't like it at all. <laughs> I mean, you give me some ribbing, don't you, on, on Twitter. Um, so I don't mind it. If we were all San Diego Padres fans, you'd be happier then? I don't mind. <laughs> I, I, I just love the game. I, I don't. I'm not. A, I'm such a rabid Yankees fan that I take things too seriously. I just love the yeah. game of baseball. And, I, and I, if it, if the Yankees weren't in it, I would still follow the game of baseball. Um, yeah, I think I think that's it, isn't it? It's all gentle ribbing for us. I think over over in the states, it's a little bit more different. There's the. I mean, I remember it watching football as a kid and just growing up and I, I come from Tamworth just outside Birmingham and I absolutely hated Aston Villa I just couldn't stand them whatsoever and it's because of my upbringing and it was real hatred um, but 
yeah, Yankees and Red Sox. I don't really care, to be honest. Well, Yankees and Mets as well. I was at a game in 86 and there was a Mets fan there who, for some bizarre reason, was wearing his Mets cap like you do. And the crowd were taunting him and everything else. And he was giving some jit back. Um, and the Mets were winning and the Yankees were losing. And then it started changing. The Yankees started winning. The Mets started losing. You could see it on the scoreboard. Um, and security decided to eject this Mets fan. And he was so annoyed, he threw his cap down to where we were sitting, about just row in front. And so the Yankees fans got this cap and decided to do what you would ordinarily do at any sporting event. They set fire to it. You know, which and I'm thinking, okay, this is really happening. They're setting fire to this cap. And great big cheers are going out and nobody pays attention to the game anymore. Everybody's just cheering because this Mets cap is going up in flames. Um, absolutely now, true if- story. If that had happened to me with the Yankees hat falling in front of me, I'd probably lean forward and went, it's any chance I can have that. I do quite like baseball caps. I know. And you you, you yourself tweeted a picture out of your daughter with a pink Yankees cap on, didn't you? That's very true. Um, MLB were very, very kind and gave us a load of goodies onto this podcast, um, the majority of which have actually been given away. Um, the one thing we didn't feel we could give away was a bag full of pink Yankees hats. Um, I might speak to John and see if there's any left. But yes, my daughter loves wearing it. And whenever I walk around the house with my Red Sox hat on, or my Padres one on, or Astros, whichever one I've got on that day, um, she will run and go and get hers. So I don't mind. It's not a problem. I'm sure the Boston faithful will not me <laughs> for that. I was, uh, I was in the States last year, actually. I went to see a few games in uh, Seattle, Los Angeles, and San Francisco. And I bought my daughter back. My daughter's five years old. I bought her back an Angels T-shirt. Angel's T-shirt from a little angel. And she loves this T-shirt. She wears it around the house all the time now. It's great. Oh, it's brilliant. I, I, I've tried to get my wife to agree to uh, me buying our daughter a baseball type, but she's not interested at all. She does not like the idea. So what I might do next time in the States is just buy something, wrap it up, and tell my mum to give it to my daughter. <laughs> and then say, oh, look at that. How nice is that? Um, yeah, I mentioned on the other preview podcast, and so I don't know if anyone's heard it, uh, or hasn't listened to the other ones, but um, I've now got to try and wean my daughter off um, Thomas the Tank every morning because we used to watch the baseball together last season, but she hasn't had it for the last couple of months, and I think it's going to be very difficult to take her off Thomas the Tank and get her back into baseball. But we'll have to see. Sometimes in the early morning, I'm I'm, I'm there watching it. I might get about six or so, and I'm able to get an hour's worth in. Mm. And my daughter will come down and say, "Do you want it's okay to watch baseball?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this is great. I can watch baseball, spend some time with my daughter. That's fantastic. It lasts about two minutes until it's... We put Dora on now. (laughs) (laughs) It's so disappointing, isn't it? I just sat this evening going, right, that's Mookie Betts. So she kept saying Mookie Betts. said, look, there's Mitch Moreland. Mitch Moreland, good, yeah. And she looked at me and she went, can we watch Thomas now? (laughs) No. (laughs) I still want to watch this. Not until you've learned the entire lineup and the pitching rotation, then we'll switch over. Exactly, exactly. Right, uh, we're coming up to 40 minutes, and I promised these would only be 15, 20 minutes, and unfortunately we've run over again, oh. uh, talking about my beloved San Diego Padres, and now the Yankees. Who thought I'd be talking about the Yankees for 40 minutes? Anyway, um, thank you all for joining us on this episode of Backflips and Nerds. I'd like to thank Mark for joining me. Mark, where can people find you? Um, I can find me on Twitter at, at Mark Blakemore, nice and simple. Um, that's it I'm not on Facebook just Twitter same as me well I've only recently joined Facebook just to be part of the um, 
effectively wild group because they actually put some decent stuff on there and they always talk about it on the podcast but i'm i'm hidden away no one can find me which is good um right i've been your host today tom pringle and you can find me on twitter at pedroia's face that's second baseman for the boston red sox uh you can contact the show on twitter at batflips underscore nerds uh on facebook at facebook.com forward slash batflips and nerds or email us on batflipsnerds at gmail.com and please do email us we've had zero questions zero comments and zero suggestions since we started so we'd really appreciate some uh you can subscribe on itunes and stitcher just search for batflips and nerds and please do give us a rating as it makes it easier for folk to find our little podcast uh, also tell your baseball friends about us doesn't really matter if they're british we welcome all sorts so once again thanks for listening and goodbye <laughs>